So Julie Andrews disputes this, though. She disputes it. <laughs> she might have done it at the time, but I have she seen like, recent interviews with her. Yeah, there's like recent interviews of her being like, F Anne Hathaway and these lies she's <laughs> spreading about me. This is Fandom. I am Brandon Uscio. And I'm Nick English. And I'm Taylor Iverson. All right, guys, we are in the middle of our Princess Diaries arc. If you have not listened to our last episode on the Princess Diaries, you need to go listen to that. We had some great discussion there. What are you doing with your lives if not learning more about the Princess Diaries? If you found this episode, you should very easily be able to find the other one. This is our episode that we talk about the history behind the the fandoms, the real life history, how the movie was made and what inspired it and what, what it inspired. So if you look at the early 2000s, there were a lot of movies like The Princess Diaries, Mean Girls, movies like that really began to gain a lot of notoriety. They took their leads from movies earlier like Clueless and Legally Blonde. They were all different, but there was a lot of connections between them. So last episode, we talked about how the Princess Diaries is about a girl who learns that she is the heir to her country and she has no idea how it's going to affect everything in her life. Anne Hathaway, who starred as the lead, Mia Thermopolis, this has directly led to her being able to star in future movies like The Dark Knight Returns, Les Miserables. Did I say that right? Les Mis. Let's just say Les Mis. <laughs> yeah. And Interstellar. She was also the Grand High Witch in the Witches remake. She was in Ocean's 8. So Princess Diaries directly had an effect on Anne Hathaway, which led to this career. So without Princess Diaries, we wouldn't be having these other movies. So but say thank you, guys. Thank exactly. you. Thank you, Gary Marshall. I'm, sh- I'm sure that they would have just cast someone else. And it wouldn't have been good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's a good question. Who would you have cast? Like, maybe not any time in history. You don't have to lock it into that time period. But who would you have cast that would have made it better or worse? Oh. You know what? I can just cookie cutter in any Disney star. (laughs) You could put in Miley Cyrus before she went nuts. You could put in... What's Hannah Montana? Not Hannah Montana. That's Miley Cyrus. (laughs) That is Miley Cyrus. I'm also going to challenge your Miley Cyrus went nuts. I don't think that's fair. No, I mean, she, before she broke away from her Disney persona and found her true self. How about that? Thank you, Nicholas. Put some respect on Miley's name. Well, what's the other girl that... Hillary Duff. That's the one I was thinking of. You could put Hillary Duff in here and that would have worked. Hillary Duff was too busy doing a Cinderella story, which is also a movie we one day will talk about. See, and it's the same <laughs> show. It's the same idea, right? But a Cinderella right. story has Jennifer Coolidge. And also Chad Michael Murray. My heart. All right. So that was probably an unfair question to ask you. There's a lot of young aspiring actresses that could have been put into this role. Now, Anne Hathaway was fabulous. And so it's fine. And I like the casting. And I love that Anne Hathaway is a part of my life. So I'm not being mad about it. But like. What if we we had Zendaya? Ooh, that would have been really cool. Or um, I'm thinking Beanie Fields. Feldstein from Lady Bird. Do you guys know her? Yes. You made me watch Lady Bird at my house. You're welcome. I know, Taylor, that one of your favorite movies of all time is Mean Girls. Yes. And would you believe it if I told you that The Princess Diaries had a direct impact on Mean Girls? Yes. So remind me, Princess Diaries came out in 2001. Is yes. that right? And, and, and Mean, mean Girls, Girls 2004. Correct. Okay. So the reason that Mean Girls was able to be greenlit by the studio 
was because they had examples of recent stories that featured teenage girl protagonists. Yeah. Vis-a-vis the Princess Diaries. Here's the mean girls. You could probably do a better synopsis than me on this. But so the film follows an outsider's perspective uh, entering high school for the first time after being homeschooled. And it deals heavily into themes like bullying, cliques, popularity contests, female friendships. This seems very familiar to the things that we've been talking about with The Princess Diaries. So the fact that The Princess Diaries was a box office success led to Mean Girls. People are arguing that we need more of these films. And you can see how as time has moved on, the market has proven that Teenage female protagonist movies are successful, and that has led into some of these more serious movies. And I would bet you that this leads to more action movies being helmed by women, and it it takes time. Hollywood turns like it's a big diesel truck. Honestly, how long has it been for a Black Widow movie? And even Wonder Woman, like, how long did it take to get that movie? Too Too freaking long. Those movies came on the heels of movies like Hunger Games and Divergent, which are teenage-led female action movies. And also based on books. We're going to start seeing a lot more of these movies. You've got movies like Wonder Woman, Ocean's 8, Black Widow. They're coming out as, in my opinion, a direct result of movies like The Princess Diaries. Not just solely The Princess Diaries, but movies like them. It's a snowball. It's a snowball. You telling me women and girls make compelling characters? Compelling characters. And surprisingly, people want to go, we'll pay money to see that. Like, who do? A wild notion. All right. So I we've talked about the warm, fuzzy things. Now I need to share something that I think is, is the dark underbelly of the Princess Diaries. Uh-oh. This is why I came here. Was so, learn about the dark underbelly. <laughs> After Gary Marshall passed away, ABC aired a tribute to him. And in it, they interviewed Anne Hathaway. <gasps> and she said that my favorite memory of working with Julie Andrews, and I think the best memory, is oh. whenever she would curse. Yes. She this is. It was delightful. I would feel terrible, but I would pray for her to flub her lines. <laughs> This this brings me so much joy. What I would give to hear Julie Andrews say shit. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that it's pretty easy to go find. You just got to watch a lot of interviews with her. She she does not. You got to. If you remember, she grew up. Grew up. That's funny. But like her career was in the theater. Theater. She was in the theater and that. The theater is not known for its... Censorship? (laughs) Censorship, yeah. So Julie Andrews disputes this, though. She disputes (laughs) it. She might have done it at the time, but I have seen recent interviews with her. Yeah, there's like recent interviews of her being like, F Anne Hathaway and these lies she's spreading about (laughs) me. But she just talks about about how like she had to put on a persona for so long that now that she's getting older, she's like, F it. Like literally (laughs) she says stuff like that in interviews now. And it was specifically because she was talking about doing voiceover work for Bridgerton because... She was like, it's been so nice because my 
my daughter set up the studio for me and I can just go into my closet and read these things and be like, blah, blah, blah. And I can swear and do all the stuff between takes and nobody cares about what I'm saying. And I was like, yay, she's finally finding her true self, which is what she's we want free. to do. In the princess. And she's just getting so old that she's just, I don't have to maintain this persona anymore. This is what Julie Andrews said. She says, it depends what cursing you mean so right there she's qualifying it so we know there's something there <laughs> oh, like, she is a pro she is a mean? pr pro when did i do that i'm sorry but i'm out to lunch on swearing so like she said so she clarified that saying that oh no i've sworn on set before just not on the set of princess diaries so she's saying Anne hathaway's just wrong about this one because she specifically shared a story about when she was uh, working on mary poppins and they had her all wired up so that she could fly. Oh and gosh. one of the stage managers who was in charge of the wires dropped them. Oh. So she was dropped and she fell and she hit the ground. And I she's, mean. this is her quote. She says, I have to admit, I let fly a stream <laughs> of colorful expletives. <laughs> So what you're basically showing me right now is that the scene with the car crash and the trolley is just her. <laughs> that she can just spin it and make everyone feel delightful after she has dropped the F-bomb. She would anoint you to the order of the rose, Sir Nicholas. I would literally be one of those guys that's just, yes, this is everything yes, I've ever wanted. Yes. I want to be knighted by a queen. Please, yes, please, please do this. Please knight me with the emergency break. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> did you love uh, that those two showed up at, at the dinner uh, yes. later? Did you did you catch she, that? Uh, yeah, and then she yeah. like waves at him, <laughs> and they're like, "Hi." I love that. But, uh, but in all seriousness, though, Anne Hathaway said that one of the actresses who taught her how to act was Julie Andrews, watching her in Mary Poppins and Sound of Music. So Anne Hathaway was like had a chance to work with a star, right? She was trying to model her acting off of Julie Andrews. And so the fact that she was then able to work with Julie Andrews in her first role. That's cool. Anne Hathaway is a great actress. Next time my mom gets mad at me for swearing, I'm going to tell her that Julie Andrews swears. Like big, like she's got a trucker's mouth, apparently, according to Nick. <laughs> I you need to go watch the, I, I think it was Colbert and it was just within the last year because it was during the COVID pandemic that the interview was, and he was specifically talking to her about her voiceover work for Bridgerton because Bridgerton had just come out on Netflix and it was this sensation right off the bat. And I, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it is Colbert's. I'm sure you can find it on his YouTube channel. What I'm learning new about you is that we're going to need to talk about Bridgerton. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'll tell you a short story about Bridgerton. <laughs> Lena, Lena started watching it. She said, Nick, you're going to like this show. And then she would stay up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning to watch it. And she's like, I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. I just wanted to watch it. And so I said, okay, I'm going to watch the show. Started it on Friday, finished it on Sunday. The entire weekend. <laughs> no, finished it on Saturday. It was almost like one day that I watched <laughs> the entire series. And Lena was just like, that's fine. Go ahead. It would just come in and be like, legitimately the Duke. And she'd be like, I know. And I'm like, the tension. I'm like, Julie Andrews tension. Like, legit. <laughs> okay, so this movie, these movies that we have are actually based off of a book. They were written, the books were written by Meg Cabot 
and not just a book, but an entire book series. So the books have a lot of pop culture references, singers, movies, modern fads and culture and things like that. But on Meg Cabot's website, she says, I was inspired to write The Princess Diaries when my mom, after the death of my father, began dating one of my teachers and later went on to get married, just as Mia's mom does in the book. I've always had a thing for princesses. And my parents used to joke that when I was smaller, I did a lot of insisting that my real parents, the king and queen, were going to come and get me soon and that everyone had better start being a lot nicer to me. So I stuck a princess <laughs> in the book just for kicks and voila, Princess Diaries was born. So that was go. the inspiration about this was the girl who believed way before the media made sure that everybody was the chosen one. Call back to the last episode. <laughs> she believed that she actually was a princess. Out of curiosity, how many books would you guess are in this series? Oh, I know there were a ton because I had the book series. I don't know. Or at least I had some of them. I know I had. Uh, yeah, I want to say 12. Eight? No, I'm going to go with eight. Eleven. Yeah. Nick cheated because it's 11. No, I did not cheat. <laughs> the latest book in the series came out in 2015. I might have a little insider information because I did actually read the first book. Oh, man. Nick, okay, so holding out on us. In the preparation of this podcast. I read the book. But <laughs> okay, how did this not come out last episode? Yes, what is this? All right, so how is the book different than the movie? So the dad is not dead. Also, how did you have time to read a book? <laughs> but not watch the second movie. But Audiobooks yeah. are a lot easier for me to do than to sit down and watch a show. Nick, I've never been more proud of you than I am in this moment that you read the Princess Diaries book. Few things, okay? A lot more diversity in the book. They're not in San Francisco. They're in New York. Her dad is not dead. And all she has a lot more friends. And they're all racially diverse. They easily could have just taken it and solved a lot of issues that Disney decided to take out. Yeah, those are but like the main things. <laughs> is Joe still in the book? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay, so the book the books are still about her grandmother basically teaching yeah. to be royalty. Yeah, yeah, it's very much the same thing. And I listened to it on super speed too, so like retention wasn't as great as it probably could have been while doing other things but yeah lily the same in the books lily is different because there's more than one friend okay so there's a whole lot more friends in the books but i'm trying to i'm trying to piece it all together now because now i'm put on the spot i shouldn't have revealed it because <laughs> I was like i didn't retain that much about it yeah well, leave it to Disney to say, kill a parent if we're going to make this into a movie. That's the thing. Disney has to kill the parent because it's an easy plot device to help people to grow up. And there was a whole lot more like, instead of it just skimming through, obviously the book can get into a whole lot more like nuance of like why things are happening. There's a whole lot more that happens when she's no, I actually want to become the princess instead of just like a single conversation from a bad friend. There's a whole lot more depth to it and stuff. So it makes a whole lot more sense. And like in the book, she has to call the queen like grand Mierge or something like that. It's this like title, like this cool title the whole time, instead of just calling her the queen, like, Queen, queen grandmother yeah it's like grandmother it, the grand queen. Mierge or something like that yeah so the book was a lot better I'll tell you that 
You think the book was better than the movie? Virgil stand is to say. It's really weird. There's only one instance, and I've documented it really a lot, where I think the movie's better than the book. But, and that's Stardust. Ender's Game, famously. Oh, Stardust is a better movie <laughs> than a book. <laughs> Ender's Lord Game is not a better movie. Yes, that's what the joke was, Nick. You are a terrible friend. Um, <laughs> and that's because you're pulling up my heartstrings on that one. It's like, why don't you just give me a paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? I mean, but, I would, but we're not in person right now. Oh, the other thing is like going. Fat Louie. He is a much bigger part. Yeah, is a much bigger part in the book. <laughs> like she talks to him a lot more and yeah. Anyway, I just did a cursory scan of Wikipedia about this series and apparently the name of Lily's show is not Shut Up and Listen. And that is terrible. What is the name of her show? The, Lily tells it like it is. It's much better as Shut Up and Listen. Props to Disney for that one thing they did. Oh, the other thing in the book <laughs> series is that she obsesses a whole lot more about her mom dating her teacher. That is a huge part of the book is that sh there's like a whole thing about... When you have a book series with 11 books, you can spend time focusing on that. A 15-year-old obsessing about, oh, my mom has been single and now she's dating my... I feel like if that happened to me at 15, I would also probably be pretty hyper-focused on it. <laughs> it's true. She, it's true. But they, they establish her quirks a whole lot more in the book and just stuff like that. And she's a vegetarian in the book. It's a very big deal. It's not in the movie. So apparently in this movie, like in the two movies that Disney has produced, Cabot really, I get the impression that she's not thrilled about the way that Disney handled things because it did stray so much from the story, especially by the second movie, right? Well, there's always talk about, is there going to be another sequel? Is there going to be another sequel? And because in the books, it turns out that, that Mia has a half-sister. And so oh. like, in, in my opinion. they're sleeping around? <laughs> But no wonder mom was like, I don't want to be a part of this world. Why couldn't it be her mother that was sleeping around? Because then it wouldn't have a connection to the royalty. Exactly. Still, it could be drama, but obviously that's just an easy thing to just push drama into this book. So fans have really wanted to have a third a third movie or a TV series. like I thought before Gary Marshall died, there were talks of a number three coming out and then Gary Marshall died and they were like, never mind, we can't do it without Gary. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, much that's what I've gathered. But so Cabot, though, when she was asked about it, she on her website, apparently her website's full of just all sorts of juicy tidbits. But she wrote that Princess Mia does not want tales from her personal life, however erroneously, being splashed all over the big screen. Apparently, this is there. There's going to be some some people who aren't happy if another one is made. However, it all depends on what the contract says, right? If Disney owns the rights to the entire Princess Diaries series in perpetuity, then they can do whatever they want. But if she's like, "You've these books. This is what you get the rights to," then Disney can't. But I think it would be really cool to see because this this sister is a. Uh, biracial sister and so it'd be really cool to see like a 13 year old biracial girl going through junior high as a disney plus series that they could give the full-on princess diaries book treatment to dude i would love that i would love that put it on disney plus and hathaway cameos where she can give oh here's some advice that i've learned or and 
if they actually put all of her friends in, now that I'm thinking about it, her friends in the book are like an Asian girl, a black girl, a daughter of a supermodel from Saudi Arabia, a dude, and a dude. dude. His name's Boris or something. So he's got to be something. I don't remember what his name, but like Boris. It's, and they're all tormented by Mandy Moore. Like, they all Specific, hate her. Actually, in the book, it's Mandy Moore, specifically the actress that is the, <laughs> is the villain. It's weird. Lana yeah, got coned. Lana got Lana, coned. Lana Weinberger or something like that is her name. They talk about a lot. And so that would be awesome. Like, it, I would love for my daughter to watch that. Look at all these awesome people that can be your friends. Anyway, I would be you down get with Julie that. Andrews to do, to do I, voiceover work. From her office Richard in her t- house? Just substitute. Because like when they're talking about all the drama that's going on throughout all the town, just substitute with 15-year-old girls. Like, I think that would be we fine. We can bring Sandra O oh back, and she can give her iconic line reading of Gupta when she oh, answers geez. the phone, which Gupta. I will tell you, as a child, I rewinded that so many times, and I had no idea what she was saying. It's her name. Yes. She was saying her name. It took me years to finally <laughs> understand. As a child, I remember being so confused and being like, is this a new word? I, I don't cannot. know what it means. What could she possibly? And she just says What's it. My- I can't imagine answering the <laughs> phone and just being like, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but the way she says it, I will never Nick. forget that line de- delivery. Gupta. <laughs> uh, I love it. The queen answer, is coming. The queen is coming. <laughs> I answer the phone. This is Brandon. Is yeah, that that's, weird? That's no, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I, I answer that. the phone. This is Taylor. I, I do that when I don't recognize the number. But not you don't just answer the phone. And say Brandon. No, <laughs> you're Brandon. I'm. Wait, who? Am I, who did I call? <laughs> yeah, or but just the way she's because it's Gupta. not like Gupta. It's she's Gupta. <laughs> like angry. Yeah, so oh, that's I another know. thing. I just... Now that I'm thinking about the book, the the grandma is so much more angry in the book. She is not nice. She's delightfully angry. See, it, it is a Disney thing to make the grandma like the best friend and the mom. The... She's much more like Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> have you met Queen Elizabeth? Yes. Oh, I have many oh. times. No, we'll, I haven't. We'll save that for a different episode. <laughs> All right, so I. Okay, what if you could have a Princess Diaries three? Nick, I know you have watched the second one, but just know that she falls in love. That's all that you know. You know Chris what? Pine. It, uh, it I may are, or may not be Chris Pine. You know what? I've already fallen in love with Chris Pine myself, yeah, I so I can it, totally, completely understand why she would. Chris Pine, and he's probably like some other princely person, like a duke or something. Yeah. Okay. So actually, I am going the... to spoil this movie for you completely because it's, it's not fine. that important. The books, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Lord Devereux. Oh, what is... a name, Devereux! Right? And you know what? It comes straight from oceans too. No, I'm just kidding. Don't you just? Devereux? I would fall in love with him just That's... with the name. Wait. There's Lord a Devereux. There's a, there's a Devereux. From that's a spy from from something I watch, and I'm just anyway. Okay, so in Princess Diaries two, San Diego, it might be Cardin San Diego that I'm thinking of. Anyway, there. So in Princess Diaries two, like Mia has finally come to terms with the fact I'm going to be the queen, and they are going, and and so she's gone to college, and she's gotten like all sorts of diplomacy experience, and returns to Genovia, 
And when she gets there, John Reese Davies, who plays Gimli, John Reese Davies plays Viscount Mabry. He's the villain. He's the guy who's trying to take over the throne because apparently there is a law on the Genovian books oh. that says that you have to be married if you are going to rule as a queen. You cannot be a single. So Viscount Mabry, he get he's got a nephew who he has found a distant blood connection to the throne and basically says he can be the king. She can't be the queen. And she says, watch me get married. Give me 30 days. Oh, and she my finds, gosh. She finds a guy and she's going to get married. And yet another uh, one of those things that I'm just like, oh, what are we teaching our children? Right. And then she, but by the end, she's like, no, I don't have to get married. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh I don't gosh. have to get married. I'm so this mad law at you is right stupid. Now. I make a motion. Yeah. I, I make a motion to abolish the law and people vote for it. Because it's a stupid law. And then all the people are like, it is stupid. It is stupid. You're right. And then so, she doesn't have to get married. But then she ends up doing it anyway in the third one. But that takes place like 10 years later or something. After okay, so they established themselves, found themselves, yes. actually learned how to be king and queen. Yes. Yes. Okay, so here's the question, though. If he has a direct bloodline to the throne, doesn't it mean that they're related? They're related. <laughs> they're like cousins or something like that. Kissing cousins. We all know royal families are incestuous anyway, right? So, I mean, that tracks. But thank you for ruining Princess Diaries 2 for me, Brandon. Yep, no problem. Anytime. Yeah, I think that I can't remember where I was going with that. Hopefully it's like a distant, like a distant uncle or something. Yeah, that's probably what it was, is my great grandfather's cousin's daughter's uncle kissed that, your mom. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be it? Never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know there was some redundancy go, in there. You don't go back. You don't go to the daughter and then the uncle. It could have just been the father's brother. Okay, Nicholas, this was a comedic uh, bit we were doing. Hey, if you're going to do it really right, ruining just it. going down the generations instead of going back up to one. You know what? This is why we can't have any fun. Jeez, I think we're having geez. a whole lot of fun. Could you, could you remove your logic from this podcast? It has no place here. That's probably true. I'll check oh. myself at the door. <laughs> Here's what I definitely want us to do right now. We, we spent some time talking about The Princess Diaries 3, what it could be. I speculated that maybe it should be a Disney Plus series that goes over that. What else could it be, though? Like, what else could we have here? Well, I, the easiest answer is she gets married to Chris Pine. And she has a daughter. Right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think the easiest like next step would be I mean, she has a daughter, cutter. and it's about her daughter learning to be a princess. Okay, what about she gets married to Chris Pine and gets pregnant, and then gets in a fight with Chris Pine and says, "Fine, you take the kingdom. I'm moving to New York." And she goes no, and she moves to New York, not raises New York, her daughter. San Francisco. San Francisco. New York is the No, no, because this is the reboot. This is the reboot, and they've got to make Meg um, Cabot happy here. So she she moves to New York with her daughter, never telling her daughter that she is actually royalty. Okay, okay. Here's my next here's my next. Why pitch. would she do that though? They, no. So she marries Chris Pine, they have twins. Then they get divorced, and she says, you take one twin, and I'm taking the other, and I'm leaving, and I'm going to go live in San Francisco. It writes itself. And then 10 years later, they meet at a summer camp, and they and, both learn. And we that. get Parent Trap again. 
Yes, but in Parent Trap <laughs> princess style. Okay. And will play herself. So, Nick, you said that the most obvious thing to do would be to have her have a baby, right? Okay, that's, that's fair. That's the progression of shows like this, right? I think that's the most obvious answer. Once you establish the, you know, boy meets girl in the second one, they get married and then they have a child in the third one. It's been done a bazillion times. Like the very first scene in the third one will have to be like a flashback to the wedding or something like that. And then they pull out and the daughter's watching the DVD from the I mean, if they want to yeah. go with a four-part thing, they could. And maybe just at the very end, they show the royal baby like Simba at the top of the castle. And then the next one is more about it, but... Okay, what if we go for something completely opposite? We show up all these years later. She didn't marry Chris Pine. They never even got married. And Mia's alone, and she wants to be she's alone. A, she doesn't she's want She's a spinster and has 14 cats, and they're all named King Louis or whatever his name, Fat Louis. A happy, single, successful woman. Why? Because Live- that's not fun to watch. Everyone's got to be the chosen one and fall from their graces and then come back out of it. Okay, so what if this is the royal Just wedding? Kidding. I want her to huh. be successful. <laughs> okay, so here's a thought. What if the third movie isn't like the next generation, but is a, it's the wedding. It's the wedding, right? Like she's after all these years, we're oh, finally going just, to get married. It's just my best friend's wedding. Not but, that, but like but Michael comes back. Michael comes back and yes! there's a triangle. Yes. <laughs> and then the fourth movie is the baby one. But we're not going to spoil who she marries. It's going to be like a Bridget Jones baby one where she doesn't know it's Michael or uh, Chris Pines. We're not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that could be fun. I've got one more idea and I I would love to see you guys spin ideas from this idea because this is a much more, oh, clearly this is a fan service movie uh, at this point. Like Princess Diaries High School Reunion. And we get to see Lana. She goes back. To as her a ten teacher? year, she goes. No, back, no, she goes back to her ten year reunion as I think. The princess, I think we're at twenty years. 20, we're at twenty years, years, and she's the queen of Genovia and decides to go back to San Francisco. To her high school reunion. We've got Lana. I, you know, you've got Lana, who was the queen bee, but also the jerk. Yeah, I know, but I think we got to do that with the series though, because there's so many more compelling characters in the series that we created. <laughs> this clearly the series is the best option. That is the best then option. This will just be like the well, seventh season. I was going to say what. So what stops us from having it all? Really, if what we if a, we have if, a third movie that is maybe a continuation more of Mia's story, maybe a wrap up of that, and then we also we also and then maybe at the end that starts the series where it's and there's a knock at the door and it's her sister and then cut to on Disney Plus this summer. I feel like that her friend Lily would be like an environmental lawyer lobbying against the gov- like global warming, global warming and stuff. Like she's uh, the one Genovia the has. Genovia makes a bunch of money through creating lithium-ion batteries, which are terrible for the environment, and it puts Lily and oh, no, Mia that's too nerdy. at odds that's, with each that's other. That's too nerdy. <laughs> and the spotted this. owls aren't the spotted owls you mean you're not going to help me with my spotted owl petition after school just that someone wrote that line someone spoke that line it's great i wonder okay legitimately we are talking about like a history of this movie what else has that actress been in lily because i was in scream 
three. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah. I would not have ever seen that movie. And you're and we're uh, not doing we're not doing episodes on those. I'm sorry. That's fine. I respect that. I know you. I respect your boundaries. Um. Good. I don't know if she was in anything else. I'm sure she was. Her name is Heather Matarazzo. Matarazzo. And I'm sure that's how you say it too. Matarazzo. The dollhouse. She's in Welcome to the Dollhouse. Okay, yeah, I was going to be really confused for a second. She's in a movie called Saved. Oh, I have seen that movie. That has. Does it have Mandy Moore in it? My dad used to get random. Yes, it does. Yeah. My dad used to get random, like, DVDs when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video were still a thing. And. They loved my dad because he would literally walk in every week and they'd be like, here's all the movies that are $2 that we're trying to get rid of. And he would buy them all. And so we had the most random movie collection growing up. And I remember Saved. It was like Mandy Moore was an angel or something. It was weird. Anyway, it was not a good show. But my dad had it because he liked just buying movies. She's a working actor. She's had roles up into the 2020. Which That's I mean, awesome. it's a rough year to have that. Yeah, um, and but I did not recognize her in anything. I did not recognize her. This was like, legitimately, I thought, I don't know. But she's a, she's a character actor, which is awesome. I would totally kill to be in that. I will, I'm really curious if Nick will like Lily better in the second movie. I don't know. She doesn't have much to do. She doesn't have much I, to I, do. I wonder if that's why he'll like her more. Here's some more supporting actor trivia. Michael Moskovitz, the actor who played him, his in name. A band named Rooney. Yeah, he's in a band named Rooney. They had that one song that was a hit that you probably know that I can't think of how it goes now. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. So, Rooney, I don't know that. One. Yeah, yeah. In the second movie, his character was written out, and the explanation was that he and Mia were just friends now, and that his band was touring. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, because he got successful. Immediately, Garage Band. That song. When did your heart go missing? Wait, do you know that song? No, sorry. No. It came out in two thousand seven. It's not like it was. I probably would know what it was if I actually heard it sung well. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I was going there. to try and continue, but I did not want to feel more shame than I already do. I looked up a little more trivia on uh, this movie, and apparently, Anne Hathaway, real life pet played fat louie that was her cat i also feel like i remember this trivia and you might have to fact check me on this is that in the movie the actor that plays her dad where you just see him i think in like a picture and then you see him in the scene where he's like writing in the diary to her is her real dad (gasps) i feel like that's some trivia in my head that i maybe i just made that up here's another fun fact seems too specific for me to make that Hector Elizondo has been in every single film that Gary Marshall has directed and that's why we love him that includes Pretty Woman Runaway Bride Raising Helen I loved Raising Helen that was a great movie he's in Raising Helen apparently we should watch Raising Helen <laughs> can, can someone Brandon could you just Clip out every time I say we should watch this. It says the photograph of Mia's father in the film's opening scene is actually Anne Hathaway's dad. That is something that it says on this list of things that 
are cool about <laughs> Princess <laughs> Diaries trivia. True. But the but so that Ooh. may have been what he Anne Hathaway's dad looks like, but the voice of Philippe Rinaldi was none other than Rene Auberjones. Oh, Rene. I love that name. So I, I don't know if you know who he is. You will know the second that I tell you one role that he played Odo on DS9. Oh, he's fantastic. So here's another fun fact. Julie Andrews wore a half a million dollars worth of diamonds in her jewelry and tiara in the final scene of the film. She was probably like, oh, I these, like, anyway. oh, these are just mine. That's not how she so. talks. That was not her. Accent <laughs> <at all. laughs> that was hilarious. I don't even know what accent that I don't was. Know. I don't know uh, what it was either. These are just mine. These are just mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> these it's are just, just mine. I am Julie Andrews. It's my Genovian. <laughs> can be from whatever I want it to be. Is it just in my head or when they sing the Genovian? Oh, just, oh Canada. It, it pretty much is. Is it just that? I feel like it just is that. And I'm like, is that the joke that they're just singing? Oh, Canada, but they're just singing. There's a full on. There are lyrics to that. Oh, yeah. They sing it again in the second one. Genovia. Genovia. Let's see. Oh, apparently Kathleen Marshall, who played Queen Clarice's aide Charlotte, is the daughter of the director. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall, yeah. I, I also love Charlotte. I think she's a great character. I love that she's just like totally okay with Joe and she's just like, yeah, I know what's going on. I'm okay. Yeah, with and it. She, she just, just like backs, Yeah, she just like backs out slowly. Or I think it's just very sweet when Queen Clarice is like, and Charlotte, the garden looks beautiful. And she's like, thank you. That's funny. During an audition, Anne Hathaway accidentally fell off her chair and that's what won her the the role without even doing a screen <laughs> test because they felt that it was very Mia-esque. It was authentic. So she was okay, very... Guys, that's all... So Let's not only... Our wave. Yeah, I practice it all the time, actually, because I am Thank fabulous. you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. All right, with that said, I have to say... Thank you for being here today. So this is this has been our history episode on Princess Diaries. There is a lot of history. Okay, we could have shoved in some more like, here is the history of Genovia, but I, we really tried not to. This is the <laughs> meat and potatoes of the history. You got to hear about Julie Andrews' cursing problem. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. The, our next episode will be our uh, Bad Algorithm episode. This is where we will pair Princess Diaries with other media out there so that you can know where to go next on this franchise. If you really love Princess Diaries, you might also like something else. So I guess all that's left to say is, until next time... Anna, Falana, Banana, Montana. Genovia. May the fandom be with you. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.